It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time to talk about all the latest that's going on around the NFL and with the Jets as we get ready for the NFL draft. And so to do that, we bring in our friend over at U Stadium, co-founder, Mr. Nick Spano. Nick, we are one week away from the NFL draft. I feel like we've been waiting for this for so long, and a big part of that is because really ever since September, we've known that the Jets were out of it in 2020, so we were looking forward to what was going to happen in the draft as we have for many years in a row, hopefully this is the beginning of the period where we don't have to do that as much anymore. I know, man. It's like, it feels like, like you said, since what, October we were, I mean, even like week three, we were just like, mm-hmm. well, this season is over. Um, but yeah, it just feels like it's taken so long. We talked about this on last show. It's like this draft period is dragging and dragging. And I think it's because of the lack of anything else really going on, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm ready to, uh, to see how it unfolds and, um, you know, excited, you know, not that you get tired of talking about the draft or football, but you know, you're, you kind of want to move on to the next topic here. And it's such a long window from free agency to the draft that, you know, you just wanted to get here already. Let's talk about the big draft news that broke today. And that's the fact that Justin Fields is dealing with epilepsy and Alan Fanica, who we know from the Jets, but mostly his Hall of Fame careers with the Steelers. He dealt with epilepsy throughout his whole career and was able to do just fine. He managed it with medication. The doctors are saying that he should be fine and that it's probably going to get less intense as he gets older, which is good news for him. And that as long as he takes medication, he should have no issues. I'm not going to get into the specifics of this, but there's somebody in my life that I'm very close with who also has epilepsy and is able to manage and live a very normal existence as long as they are taking their medicine. So I don't think this is going to be a major concern, but you know how it goes, Nick. This time of year, every little thing seems to play into what a team's decision could be. So who knows? It's possible if, for example, the San Francisco 49ers have him and Trey Lance on even footing maybe this tips the balance. But I would think that most teams, if they consult with the doctors and are told exactly what we've been hearing in these reports, that it's not going to affect him, and it obviously didn't affect him while he played at Ohio State, then it shouldn't do much for his draft stock in a negative or positive light. Yeah, I know, and you feel bad for him. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully he's fine. I'm sure he is, and he's going to get the best you know, treatment and care for it. And, you know, like you said, hopefully – he will, as he gets older, kind of move on from it and he will, you know, have a normal playing career because, you know, regardless of who you think is the best quarterback or who you want your team to draft, you don't want, you know, anybody, especially a good dude like him, like 
you know, I've, I've done a lot more digging into like more of the, you know, you move on from the game film and the tape and, you know, trying to see where, you know, quarterback X projects into the NFL and you move on to just like, what kind of guy is he? What kind of leader is he? And just, just like talking to people over the past few weeks and, you know, months or so. And it's like, the dude is just a good guy, you know, somebody you want to root for. Um, and all of these guys are, you know, and, you know, I spoke to people about Lance and, and you too spoke to people about, uh, you know, Wilson and, and you just hear so many good things from people. You know, you don't really hear a bad thing about from these guys from anybody. And, you know, so a part of you as like a, a human, you just want these guys to succeed, obviously. So, you know, it was, kind of stuck to hear that today you know kind of out of nowhere but it seems like you know he let teams know I don't think it's going to really you know you know play a factor into where he's drafted I mean I guess like you said if if the 49ers are literally having Lance and him or Matt Jones on you know neck and neck and they're trying to find a reason not to draft a guy like maybe it is a reason but it hasn't kept them like I think Ryan Day tweeted like hasn't kept him out of a single game or a practice in his college football career. So I wouldn't expect it to, you know, once you get to the NFL, I mean, the quarterback is weighted on hand and hand and put by, by these doctors and execs and, you know, people waiting to, to cater to these guys. And, you know, I'm sure he'll get the same, if not better treatment than anybody on the team. So um, I don't think it'll have too big of an impact on where he lands. You know, you just on a personal level, you just want him to, you know, be able to play a full career and not have this, you know, have have to take an issue or, you know, God forbid, like make them not play football anymore. Like that's, that's the last thing you want, you know, in this situation. All of these quarterbacks have been in the news for one reason or another. Unfortunately, Justin Fields for a medical condition. But as we said, the good news is it's manageable and it looks like he's going to be okay and be able to have a really good career with it. Other guys are making news for stuff that's a lot less serious. Let's start with Trevor Lawrence and what he said and people getting upset about it where he said there's more to life than football and he doesn't have to have this chip on his shoulder. And then he had to come out and clarify what he meant. I don't think it was anything bad. I think some guys need that chip on their shoulder to drive them. Obviously, we've seen that with somebody like Tom Brady, of whom not a lot was expected when he entered the NFL. But we've also seen that with guys like Michael Jordan, of whom a lot was expected when he entered the NBA. Everybody works differently. Larry Bird was another person who had a chip on his shoulder. On the other hand, Magic Johnson didn't, and he was able to be one of the greatest NBA players of all time, and it works this way across all different sports, but everyone's different. It can be helpful, it can be hurtful, because sometimes that can turn against you if things aren't going well for you. You maybe won't be able to handle it mentally. So I don't know why people made such a big issue out of this. I don't think it's going to be anything that'll damage Trevor Lawrence. Obviously not with his draft stock. He's going number one to the Jaguars, but I don't see how it would do anything to affect him as a player. We all saw what he did at Clemson. So unless people are thinking that somehow because he understands that there's other things outside of football and doesn't have to pretend to be upset all the time, that that means he's going to be a bust. I'm not sure what everybody's getting worked up about. Yeah, I, I agree. I I will say I didn't love that it came out like when it did and how it did. Um, did it need to, you know, I, I, he's, you know, kind of Sports Illustrated is doing this feature on him and he's 
just got married and he's in the news and he's about to be the number one pick. Look, I'm not going to tell anybody how to brand themselves or market, market themselves, but you know, let's say the Jets had the number one pick and that came out, <laughs> you know, Jet fans would have been, you know, a little riled up about it. It, it was, it's like you said, you don't, it's not going to be the reason why he fails or he's great in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, you know, and, and look, the guy's been a phenom his entire career, high school, college. I mean, how is he going to, how is he going to like manufacture the fact that people are doubting him when, when he's been a wonder kid his whole life, you know? So it's not like he can, he can play that card, like the chip on his shoulder thing. And, you know, nobody believes in me. Like what, bro, you're going number one. You've been number one since you've been like 12 years old. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think anybody really expected him to have this like chip on his shoulder or try to prove people wrong because nobody's truly doubting him. You know, he's been one of the highest ranked quarterback prospects since he's been a true freshman. Um, but I, you know, I, I didn't love that it came out in the way that it did and, his, you know, having these quotes from his father and uh, high school coach, I'll be honest, you know, I put myself in the Jaguar fan shoes and you're about to, you know, they're, they're the most excited for this guy that, probably they've been in their entire existence, you know, since what, 96 when they came into the league, like this is the biggest moment for them. And, you know, I try to think of it as a Jaguar fan, like here, you here's this guy who you're putting the chips in, investing everything possible. Um, and he's saying, and people closest to him saying, Oh, it's Super Bowl is not everything. And he can walk away in a year. Like, I, I don't love that. Um, but I don't think it's going to be anything crazy that like, he's going to retire in four years if the Jaguars are struggling, you know, it's just, I, I don't mind really what he said and I don't think it's going to be a big issue, but I don't love the timing and the reason if that makes sense. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's just like even Trevor Lawrence can't, you know, evade the pre-draft, you know, you know, hammer that comes down on all these guys. You know, it's funny. He's he kind of skated free without any, uh, any ripping from anybody really everybody looked at him as like the perfect guy um so i'm sure he needed a little something to to kind of uh make people think a little bit play like a jet play like a jet zach wilson not embroiled in any controversy whatsoever at least not today the news with him is that he is going to be at the draft in ohio yeah good for him i mean it's exciting i'm sure the nfl is happy um not having lawrence there kind of sucks but you know, they always want that number one pick there. They want to celebrate him. They want to celebrate what was a really bad year for everybody, you know, 2020. And, you know, the 2000, 2021 draft, it's like, oh, we're going to be here. People are going to be here. Fans are going to be here. Players are going to be here. Back to a little bit of normalcy, but we don't have the number one pick. So I'm sure they were a little bit upset about that. But having who everybody expects to be the number two pick and to New York, the biggest media market, I'm sure they're really excited about that. So, um, it's also just a really cool moment for him. You know, I'm sure not, not that we, any of us know what it feels like, but you know, to have your name called, be able to walk up on the stage. It's, it's good for, you know, him, good for the league and good for the fans. Like you want to see after what it was such a weird virtual draft last year. Like we want to see the, the, the guys walk across the stage, shake hands with Cadell, hold up the Jersey, put the hat on, you know, it kind of brings back like some normalcy, which we all need. The other two quarterbacks that may get drafted in the top 10, Mac Jones of Alabama and Trey Lance of North Dakota State, also making news and mostly because... 
people don't know what the 49ers are going to do. Nick, it's weird because you would have thought that if the 49ers understood Trevor Lawrence was going to go number one and that Zach Wilson was going to go number two, that when they moved to number three, they would have had a specific guy that they were zeroing in on. Maybe they're smoke screening, but I don't really know what the value of that is because if you know those two guys are going one and two, you don't really have to be that guarded about what you're going to do. But you've heard that they like fields, but now you're starting to hear more of a groundswell towards Trey Lance. And of course, when the trade was first made, all you heard was Mac Jones and Dan Graziano (laughs) of ESPN talked about this and said that Fields has a lot of fans in the building. There are a lot of people that really believe in Lance and think that he could be special if he sits a year behind Jimmy Garoppolo. And Mac Jones is the guy that they think could come in right away and potentially make a difference. So this is really fascinating to me how it's playing out. You've got one guy who would seem to make some sense because he has that incredible talent that you would think Kyle Shanahan would want. And if you're keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, you could sit him behind Garoppolo for a year. That's Trey Lance. Fields is sort of in between those two where he has incredible physical ability, but he's also much more advanced from Lance in terms of polish, whereas Lance is going to take a lot more development. Yes, Fields will take good coaching like anybody else will, but he's much further along in his development and obviously played against much better competition because Trey Lance isn't even in Division One, And then... You've got Mac Jones, who when they first made the deal, people were talking about it, and a lot of people were scratching their heads saying, yeah, he was good, but there's nothing special about this guy. This is crazy, right, all of this? Yeah, it is, and it's funny because when when the pick does finally come in, we're all going to be like, oh, I knew it, regardless of what happens, right? You know, So if it's Mac Jones, we're prepared. If it's Trey Lance, we're prepared. If it's Fields, we're prepared. So it's like it's weird because it happened so far in, you know, so far in advance, you know, on, on, you know, Wilson's pro day, what was it like the 28th of March, you know, a month out from the draft. So you have a whole month of this, you know, everybody's saying one thing and I mean, uh, everybody's saying something different. And, you know, by the time the draft comes along, it's like, well, yeah, we were told that it's going to be Lance. Oh yeah. We knew it was going to be fields or yeah, we knew it was going to be Mac Jones. So at this point, it's just like, get to it already, make the pick, you know, (laughs) it's like, you know, I'm sure 49er fans are sitting there. The, the more that we talk to, it's like they're they're worried about Mac Jones being the pick. Um, majority of them want it to be Justin Fields, and then it'll probably end up being Trey Lance. So it's just a, we're at a point where it's like enough talking about it. Let's get there. Let's see what happens. Um, you know, whoever is picked by the Niners are, are going is going to be in a good situation, good coaching, a good supporting cast. You know, don't necessarily have to start day one you know they could you know if they do end up trading Garoppolo which is definitely a possibility until he takes a field week one in a Niner uniform I'll you know I'll believe that he has the possibility of being traded but you know I'm sure they 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 do like Jimmy and they're they're holding out to you know hope that he can you know be healthy and, and the rest of the team will stay healthy and he's able to win some games because when he is healthy he does win you know, I don't think anybody thinks he's this great, you know, quarterback or has such a you know high ceiling. I think they're just like, well, he can manage the team pretty well. He can make a few big throws a game, and you know he'll win because of the rest of the team is you know he doesn't turn the ball over. Um, so you know you don't necessarily have to get if it is Lance. I'll, I can understand it because he has such a high ceiling, but he's such an infant in terms of you know 
any kind of resume in college football. You know, like you said, hasn't even played Division One competition, so and has only started a handful of games. So he's he's so raw. Um, but man, if like you can put it all together with him, you're talking like MVP caliber, you know, potential. Um, and then Fields is it's the guy where it's like you've seen it before. There's some things that worry you, um, but you trust Kyle Shanahan to kind of be able to at least hide a few of those things, the release, um, the locking on to the first first option, being a one read guy. You trust Shanahan can get that, get the best out of him, and you know mature his. You know, his being able to to grow him into a really good quarterback too. So they're they're in an interesting spot. And like, then you have Mac Jones, who I talked to people specifically, and they said, yeah, he doesn't have anything that wows you. It's more the things you don't see. He is a elite level um, diagnoser, if that if that's even a term. Like <clears throat> he is such a studier of, of the game, and you know is very prepared. And and the way he diagnoses you know, coverages and um, the the suddenness and like the, the ability to kind of be a step ahead of the defense is what what shocks like Saban even um, and what is has like most of these scouts like really falling in love with because it's not the physical traits with him. It's not, you're not wowed by his stature, his athleticism, you know, his arm. Like, yeah, he can make every throw. He's, he's a good downfield thrower, but you're not wowed by like you are with, you know, Wilson or Lance or, you know, even Fields but it's just his ability to kind of be a step ahead of where the defense is. That is, you know, that's the reason why he's in this conversation. And I don't know if we said it on one of the shows, Scott, but like the Chad Pennington comparison is funny because the second I saw him take over in Alabama, I was like, oh, this kid looks like Pennington body wise and like with the hair and, you know, face. And I was like, oh shit, it's kind of like a, a Pennington kind of with a better arm. Um, and if he, if he turns out to be, you know, Pennington smart, um, the ability to, to, you know, make plays like, like the Chad was a great play action quarterback. If Jones can do that, but have a little bit more athleticism and be healthy. I mean, that's not a bad quarterback at all. I mean, I think Chad is a little undervalued by Jet fans, but you know, it's cause he never really wowed anyone, but man, he was, he was a solid quarterback for this team and probably the best that we've all seen you know, since General Ken O'Brien days, I guess you could say, but mm-hmm. um, he doesn't really get the love because he doesn't wow you at all. But I, I see some of that in Mac Jones. Um, and Pennington was like that, super smart, like very cerebral kid, uh, you know, studier, like I said. But, you know, it's not, it's not what's going to show at a pro day. No question. And if he could be Chad Pennington, then I think any team that drafts him would be very happy with that. Chad Pennington's arm eventually failed him because of the shoulder surgeries. But before that, he was Mm -hmm. a really effective quarterback. 18th overall pick, though, that's where I think this comes into play because people are wondering why Mm -hmm. you would pick a guy number three overall. But I think what this comes down to is, as you said, Kyle Shanahan has earned a lot of trust. So Whoever it is that he picks, you have to believe that he's got a plan. And it may work, it may not. But if anybody has built himself the benefit of the doubt, it would be Kyle Shanahan, you would think, in terms of offensive systems mm-hmm. and being able to work with a quarterback. 
There are a couple of teams that are going to be looking to trade up like the San Francisco 49ers did. They're not going to get up to number three, number two, or number one, but perhaps higher than where they are. And there are teams in this draft that are going to be looking to trade down. And right now at New Stadium, you have a list of the teams that are expected to be exploring trading back and a list of the teams that are expected to be looking into trading up. I thought the interesting thing about this is the four teams that you have listed as looking to trade up are the Broncos, the Patriots, the Cardinals, and the Bears. Other than the Cardinals, the other three teams have in common the fact that they have shaky quarterback situations. Cam Newton comes back on a one-year deal, but I don't think anybody thinks he's the answer. I'm not sure that he's even guaranteed to be the starter if a better option were to pop up between now and opening day. The Broncos have Drew Locke. How sold are they on him? Not very sold on him because we've heard that they've been looking in other areas. So they're at number nine. Maybe if one of these quarterbacks slips, they make a move. And the Bears, they have Andy Dalton on a one-year deal. They have Nick Foles because they took on his contract, and I don't think they can get rid of him now. He makes too much money. But at best, Foles and Dalton, the two of them combined, are a one-year solution. They want somebody long-term, so if one of those guys falls down, maybe they look into moving up. And then the teams that are looking to trade back, you've got the Falcons, who if they're not going to draft a quarterback, of course at number four you would leverage that to get somebody who wants a quarterback to step up. The Dolphins, who drafted Tua Tagovailoa last year, so unless a player they think is special falls, they trade back. The Panthers at number eight, now that they've got Sam Darnold, they probably feel like if they could move back and recoup some of the picks they used to grab him from the Jets, that could be a prudent option for them. And the Giants, as of right now, they are going forward with Daniel Jones. They're not looking for a quarterback, so if one of those guys slips, maybe they move back. Plus, there are probably a handful of guys that they have in that same general area that they think are going to be available for them. So maybe they want to move back a couple of spots, get some extra picks, and really build out this roster. So Nick, this is interesting. A lot of this is going to have to do with quarterbacks, and the movement will come because of that. So the early going of which quarterbacks get drafted in the first few picks could dictate a lot of the movement that we see. Yeah, totally. And and I should add that since I posted that yesterday, I spoke with somebody um, with the Giants who would who said that, um, yeah, they're open to the thought of trading back, but they are excited about, you know, some of the guys on their board that they think are going to be available to them at 11. Um, so I would say that they're an extreme long shot because, you know, they, they love the receiving class and they love um, some of the corners. So I would put them as an extreme long shot, but I think, you know, it starts with Atlanta, right? Because if Arthur Smith isn't ready to, you know, find his quarterback in this draft, you have to trade out of that pick because you can cash in. And that doesn't mean you have to trade all the way out to 20 with the Bears. I would say that's probably not what they're going to be doing because they want to stay within that top 10 to be able to get a one of those you know playmakers or difference makers, whether it's on offense or defense. So I would watch, you know, Denver if they want to come up for a quarterback, you know, if it's Mac Jones or if it's Trey Lance, you know, I know they, they are fans of Lance. So if they want to make the jump from nine to four and Atlanta picks up an extra first rounder next year and maybe a second rounder this year um, and still Atlanta still able to get maybe one of the corners or uh, one of the receivers, if that's what they're interested in doing or an offensive lineman, they can still do that at nine. So I think Atlanta is a team that I'm hearing still, is more likely to trade out. Um, but again, I guess it's just what are, how 
excited are these other teams to, to make a move for these quarterbacks? Um, and then you have the Dolphins. I don't think they'll, you know, another team that they would probably only trade back with. They're in a similar situation. It's like maybe they would only move back with the Broncos. Um, they want it. They want to be able to get one of these receivers or one of these offensive linemen. So maybe they would only move a few few picks back and you know recoup some you know or add some more draft capital. So I don't think they're moving too far back. Um, but the Panthers, I, I could see maybe as a spot where if again one of those quarterbacks is sitting there, maybe the Patriots and the Panthers you know link up, or maybe the Cardinals who um, want to add an offensive playmaker. You know they love Kyle Pitts, they love the receiving core. Um, so. You know, I know they added AJ Green, they have Christian Kirk all behind DeAndre Hopkins, but you know, none of those guys are special um, or just too you know, old at this point. So uh, they're they're looking for somebody to really play opposite Hopkins and and make some plays there and open things up. So um, they're they're looking in the the offensive skill position too. So that that's what I was told about them making a jump up, but I don't I wouldn't expect that either. Um, and the Bears too, it's just it's so far to jump from 20, you know, like none of these teams want to, you know, in the top eight or nine, want to move back to 20 and get themselves out of the, the sweet spot of the draft. Cause that is the sweet spot with all these quarterbacks that are going to go in the top five, six, eight. You're looking at back to about pick number 12, I think where the Eagles are, that's where you kind of see the run on these receivers, top corners and these top offensive tackles. You know, you have the three receivers chase, uh, Smith and Waddle, the two tackles and Sewell and Slater and the two corners, Sertain and J.C. Horn, all those guys will be off the board, you know, in the top 12. And then you have the four quarterbacks, let's call it, four or five, Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, Fields. And, you know, I was told Matt Jones is not getting out of the top 10. So I guess you have to say five quarterbacks. So five quarterbacks, the three receivers, two tackles and the two corners. So you don't want to, you don't want to be picking 18 or 19 or 20, because then you get into the next tier, you know, talent in this draft. And by then it's just kind of a crapshoot or, you know, wherever these teams have one guy ranked above the next. So I don't think a team like the Dolphins at six, are going to want to move back to 20, you know, especially when they're picking 18 already. Um, So I think, Miami only makes sense if they move back two or three spots to Denver. Um, and the same really uh, with who's the third team that I was, that I just mentioned, uh, not moving too far back. Uh, Atlanta. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I definitely expect there to be at least one trade, maybe two. Um, and we hear this all the time. And then there's always a team that nobody thinks of makes the trade to move up. And then, you know, after you get out of the, the teams, you have, a lot of movement in the 20s and, and the Jets at 23 is I wouldn't be shocked if they're not picking at 23, whether they move up a few spots for Jenkins or if they move back a few spots or, you know, out of the back of the first round completely to pick up, you know, more second and third round picks. So um, it's going to be interesting. There's always a lot of trades and makes the draft what it is. Right. So, uh, but I, I personally think gun to head that Atlanta trades out of four for a team that wants to come up for fields or, or Lance, whoever doesn't go to San Fran. It's going to be a wild week ahead of us as we continue to try and decipher what Michael Lewis, the great author, would call liar's poker. And that's what goes on all the way up 
until the day that the draft happens a week from today. And then even during the draft, there's going to be plenty of liars poker going on. That's what happens. Everybody tries to fake each other out, and we have to try and read the tea leaves. But I can't wait for that day to get here. I know you can't either, Nick. We're going to be doing a fun show, too. Use Stadium and Play Like a Jet. It's going to be a crossover. We're going to have all kinds of fantastic guests. We're going to have you and Frank and Brianna from Time Out. We're going to have our guys from Play Like a Jet. I'll be hosting it. Luke will pop in. Clayton will pop in. John Grella is going to pop in. Kayla Pace is going to pop in. And we're going to announce plenty more as we go forward over the next couple of days. We're not quite ready to make those announcements yet, but this is going to be awesome. Right, Nick? Yeah, man. I can't wait. It was you know, something we talked about and talked about. And then you know, kind of finally this week, we put together kind of the finishing pieces on the the virtual draft party. And you know, I know we we ho- usually host a in-person draft party with, you know, some of the Jets or Giants players, fans from around the city, you know, get together. But obviously with, with COVID still kind of lingering here, we can't do that yet. So what better way than to do something virtual with, you know, you hosting, like you said, some of the U Stadium guys will pop in, play like a Jet guys, some players from the Jets and around the league. And, you know, it'll be obviously Jet-centric, but we'll expand to, you know, the whole league and have, you know, the stadium users from the app hop in. Um, it'll be live in, on YouTube, on Twitch, and people can come in the virtual draft, uh, I guess, the draft room with us and, you know, engage in, in, the, in the chat, hop on video, definitely take some fans to come on and talk about the picks. And um, really excited about it, man. Like some, some great people involved in it. And um, hopefully by, what, maybe Monday or Tuesday, we'll, we'll make the, a formal announcement where you guys can get it. But, um, hopefully everybody who's listening joins, hopefully all the stadium fans join and try to do a cool cross crossover. And, uh, it'll be the, the place to be for, you know, virtual draft night. Absolutely. I can't wait to do it. I'm looking forward to the draft, but I'm even looking more forward to hanging out with you and Frank and Brianna and our crew over at Play Like a Jet and all the users at U Stadium and the listeners at Play Like a Jet and the people that watch Play Like a Jet Live. It's going to be a big party, a virtual party, and I hope that you'll join us for it because it's going to be so much fun. Nick Spano, co-founder at U Stadium, thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. We're going to have more details coming up about the draft party soon, but in the meantime, if you want all the details about what's going on around the league there is one thing you got to do. I'm going to lay it out for you right now. It's three words. You ready, Nick? Download the do app. That's right. Yeah, download the app. Notifications on. And um, we just uh, announced a cool contest that we're doing, too. You guys can check that out on the app. You can go to our Twitter for the, the direct link or our Instagram. Um, giving away a PlayStation 5 or Xbox. Up to you for the grand prize winner. Uh, a jersey of your team's first round pick to the second place winner and then third to fifth place gets their team's draft hat. So um, basically you're predicting the top 32 picks and you get a certain amount of points for picks with one through five, six, you know, six through 10. Um, all the value chart is uh, on our Twitter and on our app. So um, hop on the app, comment your email. We'll email you the link to join. And uh, try and it's free to enter, one entry per person, and try and get yourself the uh, the new Xbox or the uh, new PlayStation um, or the uh, the jersey for Zach Wilson. That'd be cool too, right? Yeah, no question about it. If you want the PS5 or the jersey, 
doesn't cost you anything, so go ahead and enter right now. And make sure that you're checking out everything going on at U Stadium, including Play Like a Jet Live. That's every Wednesday with Clayton Smarslock and Luke Grant. This past Wednesday that just went by, our friend John Grella, who writes over at playlikeajet.com and was also director of communications for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from 2010 to 2013, joined in to talk about all the media spin that goes on around the draft, all the leaks that come out, where they're coming from, and what everything means. He's our decoder ring, and he decoded some of this stuff on Play Like a Jet Live this week. Kayla Pace is going to be coming out with something new for our YouTube channel. And, of course, Luke Grant has been putting out a ton of great prospect profiles. His latest was Kendrick Green and showing why he would be such a good fit in the zone blocking scheme. And don't forget to give us a five-star review on the podcast if you haven't done that yet. It's an easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So go ahead and do that for us. We'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest the New York Jets podcast and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.